0: Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 4-4 San Diego and Toronto Major League Baseball. They're going to the 10th inning. Other action of note. Games that affect the Blue Jays in the playoff race. The Tigers lead the Red Sox 9-8, bottom of the 7th at Fenway. The Yankees taking it to the Astros 6-1. That is after 6 The Rockies beat Baltimore 6-3. That is good for the Blue Jays. Uh, Baltimore coming into tonight with a three-game lead on Toronto in the American League East. Of course, the uh, Blue Jays making a trade today. They send a uh, minor league pitcher to the Padres for outfielder Melvin Upton Jr., who did not start today. He was uh, inserted into the game as a uh, pinch hitter. And uh, 0 for 1, his official stat as a Toronto Blue Jay. Thanks a lot to Matt Henderson and Ryan Batty for coming in. Always great to have those two young men on the show. Uh, interesting Oilers talk. They are very passionate Oilers fans and uh, Oilers bloggers. And uh, you heard them talking a little bit, Taylor Hall, a little bit, Milan Lucic, Camp Talbot, win projections for the upcoming season as we uh, we are still in projection mode. The, the reality will begin uh, in October when we get into the preseason and, of course, into the uh, regular season. And a reminder, 10 a.m. Thursday, you can go to EdmontonOilers.com to uh, check out an advanced sale for tickets for Oilers games for the upcoming season. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Who types this up,
1: Kellen Kennedy? That's not my department. I don't know. <laughs> we well,
0: got. Yeah, I'm going to be very picky here, and I, I make a lot of mistakes, and we're going to get to one in a second here. Yeah. Uh, home, home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. We yeah. got the wrong it's. We got the possessive its. It should be it is. We need an apostrophe s. Yes. Right. All right. Okay. Now, uh, however, a texture did uh, point out earlier. We were talking about Bernie Sanders. Mm. I called him Bernie Saunders. Yeah. So that makes me.
2: Turkey of the night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still love that turkey. <laughs> Makes me laugh every Still time. Still alive, ain't it? It's it's survived. How many Thanksgivings? Yeah, How many he's just running around now?
0: the studio here.
1: Jeez. Yeah. Gonna have to name them or eat them.
0: Well, if we well yeah we can't name them and then eat them. Though Homer named his lobster Pinchy and then yeah. Ate we we all, we all remember that seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You could text. Thanks to everybody who uh, has chimed in on the text line tonight. We uh, do want to get back to previewing the Edmonton Eskimos game, which will be Wednesday on this very station. 5.30 for the pregame show. Kickoff at 7 against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who boast one of the great players over the last few years, receiver Weston Dressler. Weston, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, great to talk to you. How is uh, how is life? Uh, how is life for you adapting to becoming a uh, a citizen of of Manitoba and a citizen of Winnipeg?
3: No, oh, it's been it's been pretty good. You know what? Anytime uh, you have an opportunity to play the game of football, I'll, I'll be happy. So I'm happy that Winnipeg's give me that opportunity, and I'm just trying to make the most of it.
0: it. It's an interesting situation for you, and I and I know the CFL is a small league, so sometimes this happens. But I mean the The previous team you played for uh wasn't very fond of the Winnipeg blue bombers i'm sure some of that must have rubbed off <laughs> on you at some point. What was it, what was it like moving uh to one province what province
3: over <laughs> um really it, it wasn't as strange or as bad as you might expect it to be um I mean oftentimes as as players we don 't get as caught up in maybe the fan rivalry that's out there uh, between the two clubs um you know what I mean on that end, uh, so it wasn't it wasn't too difficult for me. I mean, obviously, I, I had eight great years in Saskatchewan, and I uh, cherish every moment that I had there. Some some special times, made some great friendships uh, that'll last a lifetime. Um, but like I said earlier, uh, when you have the opportunity to play football, um, you know you never know when those days are going to run out. So uh, I'm happy to be in Winnipeg now.
0: I do want to ask you though, Weston, I mean, look, people kind of associated you, you were one of the guys who were the the faces of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for several years, and you were one of the best players in the whole league on top of that. Obviously Saskatchewan's done some overhauling, and, and you know, Chris Jones, who was here, uh decided there were, were gonna be some yep. changes. How how did you sort of deal with that aspect of it? Because look you'd gone to the NFL and you came back to Saskatchewan and you had a a new a relatively new contract with them. So how did you deal with you know the Jones decision and, and uh that chapter of your life coming to an end?
3: Yeah, I mean it was it was difficult at first obviously um but in those situations as players um especially as a veteran player you've seen it seen it happen every year. Uh guys Guys lose their jobs. Guys come and go, go to different teams, whatever it may be, uh, whatever the situation. Obviously, uh, with the year that we had there last year, uh, changes had to be made. Uh, We simply just weren't good enough at times, and um, you know that's that's what happens. And when you bring an entire new staff uh, from the top down, uh, you know they have their right to build the team the the way they want to build it. So, um, you know, as a player, it's difficult. You just have to accept those terms and move on with life and see where the next opportunity takes
0: you. Weston Dressler from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers joining us on Inside Sports. They're here on Thursday to play the Eskimos. Uh, Playing the Eskimos again, you guys had a close game uh, a couple of weeks ago. You guys have had a, a few close ones, uh, and you sit with a 1-4 and four record despite you know some big additions. You were signed, Andrew Harris. What's kept you guys just on the wrong side of it most of the time so far? Because it seems... Um, you know, you're close, um, but it just hasn't quite resulted in W's yet for the bombers.
3: Yeah. We've we've had some tight games, some close ones. I, I think one of the biggest things that we're focused on right now is uh coming out and starting games a little faster. Uh we've got out to some rough starts and kind of been battling uphill for the most part after the first quarter throughout games and uh you know, not quite able to get over that hump and, and finish a comeback into the fourth quarter, so uh, we want to come out fast and just execute plays as consistently as we can, especially offensively. You know, we've had periods where we've had the, the two and outs, you know, the quick possessions and punts, things, those types of things. So, you know, we've got to be more consistent offensively, moving the ball and, and focus on getting the ball into the end zone and not settling for field goals.
0: Weston, you've been playing the game your whole life, so you would probably agree with me that sometimes the quarterback gets – too much credit when things go well and maybe too much blame when, uh, when things don't go well. It, having said that you're going to have Matt Nichols yep. instead of, uh, instead of Drew Willie under center, at least to start the game uh, on here on Thursday, you know, how do, how does the offense and, and the receivers sort of, sort of deal with that change? How, how did Drew and Matt uh, deal with it? Just give us a sense of how the teams worked through that at practice this week. Well,
3: I think the guys have been really good about it on the offensive side. Uh, you know, we Understand, especially uh, from a receiver standpoint, you know, our our job doesn't change a whole lot. We still have to run the routes called, run the play that's called, and do our job to get open and make plays. Um, no matter who's throwing the ball to you, uh, if you don't get open, you're not going to get it. Uh, so from, from our standpoint in the receiving core, you know, our, our job doesn't change a whole lot, uh, really, with anyone in the offense. Uh, it's just a different quarterback in there now. Um, you know, I thought Matt and Drew both have handled it real well. Uh, I'm excited for Matt Nichols right now to have this opportunity. I mean, the guy's been in the league for a few years now, quite a few years. Um, uh, you guys probably know him real well out in Edmonton there. Um, but we're just excited for him, uh, you know, as a teammate and as a friend that he's got this opportunity. And obviously, you feel for Drew, you feel for a guy. Anytime you get benched or whatever it may be, um, you feel for a guy. And hes he's definitely got more than his fair share of the criticism for some of the struggles that we've had. Um, But, you know, hopefully he he uses this time to just take a step back and see what he can do better and, you know, continue to have that fire and desire to move forward.
0: Weston, I I always like asking the uh, American Star players about coming to the CFL, And, and I'll make a bit of a generalization here. I think the farther north in the U.S., a guy grew up probably the more he were, uh, aware he was of the Canadian Football League and viewed it as an employment possibility if, if he didn't get his NFL shot. Was that the case for you growing uh, up in, in, in North Dakota or was it uh, was a um, totally new deal
3: when you first went to Saskatchewan or what? Um, honestly, I, I really didn't know anything about the CFL uh, growing up. I, I knew of the CFL and that there was a football league, but I really did, didn't know anything about it um, until I was playing college football we had a couple of different canadian guys on our team and they would always mention it and it was kind of just one of those things that the canadian guys were talking about you know and and you didn't really listen too much about what they were saying um you know it wasn't until after i was done playing you explore all the nfl opportunities and those you know those workout days and all that type of stuff um and then you come to realize uh, you got an opportunity to play football, and and wherever it's at, you're gonna if you love the game, you're gonna take your chance and, and go play. So, uh, you know, I was more than excited to come up to Canada and check out what the CFL was all about. I've learned so much throughout the years about this game, about the history of it, and you know what it means to the Canadian people in, in this country. So, I'm you know I'm honored to be a part of it now and. And really happy that I've had the opportunity to learn about it and really appreciate what the CFL is.
0: So, dare I ask if, just in general, you didn't pay much attention to what the Canadian guys were saying, or just?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was. Um, it was. It was just like I don't know really how to explain it. I guess I'm just giving that, you a hard time. Maybe that was this I don't know. <laughs>
0: um let me ask you this weston who who are some guys in the cfl i mean you're you're a you're a playmaker you've always been an exciting player you you know you're fast you can make great catches uh, during your time here when you can talk past or current players two or three receivers that you've enjoyed watching whether they've been teammates or opponents
3: oh sure um you know i remember when i first came into the league watching ben Cahoon. uh he was the type of guy that you know i'd try and study it up on uh, seeing what he had accomplished at that point in his career and where I was at and, you know, a similar type of player to myself. So he was definitely a guy that, that I looked up to, uh, you know, never had the chance to play with him or anything like that, but just as a competitor and, and going against him, seeing what he did, uh, he was definitely one of the first guys that I looked up to in the CFL. And uh, Chad Owens has been a guy in this league the last few years who's done some amazing things. I always appreciate, his game and the way that he goes about his business uh, and the way he does things. Um, You know, Andy Fantuz was a guy that I learned a lot from playing with him my first few years in the league. Uh, He taught me a lot about the CFL and the game, the the Canadian game and how it goes. So I'm always excited to see him play and see him have success as well. So, I mean, that's just a few guys. There's so many guys in the league right now that are doing some good things. Uh, You know, you can't name them all, but those are just a few of the guys that, I've, uh, you know, throughout my career, been fortunate to play with Andy and and go against some some pretty special players.
0: All right, and I'm going to end off with a uh, totally uh, frivolous question, though maybe you have a really (laughs) serious answer. Uh, Are the mosquitoes in Winnipeg as bad as we all hear about? (laughs)
3: Uh, They've they've actually been pretty bad. Uh, Yeah, the last couple weeks, the guys are taking the bug spray right before practice and Usually you have to put a second coat on at some point throughout practice, for sure. They've been bad.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad you're surviving those. And It'll be fun to see you play in person here on Thursday, Weston. You've uh, always represented the league very well. Thanks so much for your time on Inside Sports tonight. All
3: right. Thanks for having me on.
0: That is Weston Dressler checking in from Winnipeg. The Blue Bombers will arrive here tomorrow for Thursday's game at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Bombers struggling 1-4. and four. The Eskimos... Two and two, just one and two at home so far this season. Of course, they are playing six of their first nine on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium. Blue Jays and Padres are now into the top of the 11th, still tied 4-4. We'll keep you updated on that one. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chad, A little more Eskimos talk with Dave Campbell. Will they be making any changes to their secondary? Dave will have those answers as we roll along. <laughs>
1: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630
0: Chad. Just want to thank everybody who is choosing Inside Sports over the Democratic National Convention in the United States. A whole bunch of people were just like, oh, the convention, running to the TV now.
1: Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything, but Bill Clinton's supposed to be speaking at that thing in the last in the next hour, I should say. I think he's so, already talking, or is he talking right now? Okay, Because yeah, I walked already. by a TV in the newsroom and they said Bill Clinton upcoming. So
0: I think he's already talking, but cool. keep listening
1: to Inside Sports. Absolutely. I mean, what is Bill Clinton going to tell you that you won't hear on Inside Sports? Or if you're, this is you have to be a total news and sports junkie to do this. Would be. Turn on your TV, but mute your TV and listen to us and watch Bill Clinton. Or pretend what we're saying is, is what Bill... Okay,
0: do, was, okay, somebody do this right now. Yeah. Put on put on Bill Clinton and mute it. Okay, I'll give you time to do that. Okay. There you go. Now I'll, I'll talk. Here we go. I like curly fries. I like curly fries a lot. If curly fries were running for president, I would vote for them ahead of my own wife. But Curly Fries aren't voting for president. Therefore, I want you to vote for Hillary. And now See
1: how it works? And now the applause. Yay! <laughs> now, now the crazy <laughs> applause. Yeah,
0: the crazy applause. So it's going to be Donald Trump yeah. uh, will be president or Hillary Clinton will yes. be president. So we're going to have either the uh, first female president mm-hmm. or the
1: first crazy billionaire president. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because Howard Hughes never ran for president. I guess <laughs> he would be the only one that would qualify prior to, right? So yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I th- maybe we should build a wall around inside sports. To we kind of th- are keep Trump out. I have faith in the the walls of this building. <laughs> it, oh, it has what it it has what it takes to make Ched great again. <laughs>
0: It really does.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, what are we doing here? Uh, I don't know. We got like three uh, Cam- minutes. Campbell's here. coming up. Yeah, uh,
0: Dave Campbell's coming up, and uh, who else is coming? Oh, Colin Miller from uh, FC Edmonton. They got a-,
1: a rare Wednesday night home match. So both types of football coming up.
0: Both. We got uh, European footy, mm-hmm. and uh, we got uh, Edmonton Eskimos. Yes, footy coming up. The PGA Championship will tee off on Thursday at Baltusrol uh, Belt- Golf Club in New Jersey. Phil Mickelson won the PGA there in 2005. He says the greens will be a big problem for the players. Cutting is a challenge here because the greens
1: have a lot of contour. And they're not consistent contours. There's a lot of little rolls and knolls. And so uh, you can see multiple lines, and only one of them is correct. And, and, and it's sometimes hard to see. I think reading the greens is going to be the biggest challenge for most people out here.
0: Of course, Mickelson played outstanding golf at the British Open, had to finish second to Henrik Stenson. He says that loss will sting for a while.
1: Over time, I'll look back on it, and I'll probably, my disappointment will probably increase because uh, I think it's the first time in my career that I've played to that level of golf and not had it be enough to win a tournament. And uh, that, that's a, a disappointing thing because I would have loved to have added another Claire Chubb. All right, so that'll start up on
0: Thursday. Blue Jays and Padres, still 4-4. We're now in the bottom of the 11th at Rogers Centre. Hey, I want to say congratulations to a great Edmontonian, Cam Tate. He joins the Oilers Entertainment Group. He's going to be on their uh, corporate communications team doing some uh, storytelling. The job called Community Content Coordinator. No better man to do that job. Love Cam Tate. It's going to be great to see him around Rogers' place as the Oilers get rolling into their new season. Dave Campbell coming up after the 8.30 News inside Sports on Chet.
1: This is a Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Good to
2: have you on the ride
0: tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for tuning in. We had Donovan Bailey on the show earlier. We had Ryan Batty and Matt Henderson in studio. You heard from Court Parks from the Eskimos. You heard from Weston Dressler from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. As uh, San Diego here, I'm not sure who hit that, leading off the top of the 12th with a double. And uh, so uh, Myers with the uh, double off the wall. 4 4 Padres and uh, Blue Jays there in the top of the 12th. Reed Wilk is with you. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer this evening.
1: Kellen, are you uh, attending this Eskimos game coming up on Thursday? Nope, I'll be out of town. You're out of town? Are you going to be able to watch it? Uh, I hope so. I, I'll be in the lower mainland of BC, so I'll probably find a pub someplace or something to go we'll check it out. You, you could go to that uh, Black Frog, the uh, Edmonton pub. Ooh, yeah, that's right. Are you That's, gonna be in Vancouver? Uh, Vancouver area, so I might uh, have to look maybe, into it. Sure, maybe we maybe could go there. But uh, dare I ask why you're uh, holidaying there? Or would you prefer to keep that private? Oh, uh, no. Uh, am I crossing uh, the employee no, just, line just, here? Just, just, I haven't been there in a few years, so I'm gonna head down there now. So I've got friends that live down for there and got family that lives. So it's in a big BC, party so. weekend. You can say that. Yeah,
0: it's fine. Let's <laughs> go. Go on a party, going to vent about having to work on Inside Sports.
1: Exactly. Now work with this meathead Reed Wilkins. I can't. <laughs> meathead. I don't think I've ever been called a meathead before. <laughs> ah, what
0: kind of meat am I? Lamb? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eskimos ah. and Winnipeg on 6.30, Chat 5.30 pregame on Thursday. The game will start at 7.00. Dave Campbell is the color analyst for Eskimos football. Dave, welcome back to the show.
2: How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Things are going well. How about you? Uh, hey, thanks for uh, getting Don Bailey on the show today. That was great. That was good, yeah. That was, uh, that was a nice get. And uh, I mean, when you talk about iconic moments... In Canadian sports history, Donovan Bailey's right up there for me. Yeah, you know, I ju- I remember where I was twenty years ago. I remember where I was. You know, for the four by one hundred relay win. You know, that's that. <laughs> the, the 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 relay win might have a more of a higher place in my heart than uh, than the one hundred meter, just because of the you know the line from Don Whitman. If, right. if you're Canadian, <laughs> you got to love Saturday nights in Georgia, and the fact that. Canada just crushed the competition. Yeah, but uh, you can't beat what happened uh, a week earlier too. I mean, it was incredible, and you know, Donovan Bailey is right up there as you know one of the greatest athletes that have ever competed uh, for this country.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, look, I, I I know this comes up, and it's it's a fun debate, and there's no wrong answer. It's. It, I mean, look, it, it, to me, it's it's bigger than a lot of the hockey moments. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't alive for Henderson. So I, it's hard to judge that, but it's also hard to argue um, Lemieux in '87. But but I mean, just for me, and again, it's probably age related. But Bailey winning is a better memory for me than the 02 Olympic gold, mm-hmm. which and, and I and I I hate to say that because I know it was 50 years since we won. And it's it was it was even more exciting to me than than the Crosby goal because and here's the thing because I'd seen other Canadian hockey victories, and international hockey doesn't have that same mystique to it where you only play not the Russians the Soviets you know every <laughs> every three or four years in in a, in a Canada Cup or whatever.
2: Yeah, no, that, that's very true. And you know when you even think about a moment like Mike Weir winning the Masters in '03, I mean that's. That can, you know, supersede a lot of other hockey moments, and there's been a lot of great hockey moments. And for me, I, I would probably think the Crosby goal is probably number one on my list, just because of the magnitude of the mm-hmm. of the goal. It was in Canada, it was against the arch rival, the the U.S., and it was a thrilling game. But Bailey's got to be number two, or maybe one a. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, I mean, you'll never forget that, you know. And and I think for this country, it was. You know, finally the Ben Johnson fiasco was put to bed. You know, that's been hanging over Canada for eight years, eight long years, and Donovan Bailey erased it with a blistering time of 9.84 seconds. All right, so uh, the Eskimos will try. Well, they can erase what happened at uh, Saturday night, but they can make,
0: may, may, may make people feel a little more calm about where the season is headed. Another another short week for this team. They're in this rotation of Saturday and Thursday games Right now, uh, how how if at all has has this affected preparations for Winnipeg?
2: Well, I, I guess we'll find out uh, for sure on Thursday. But I can tell you, it's been a lot more of a mental week than it has been a physical week because you just can't. I mean, by the time the Eskimos hit the field yesterday for their uh, for their practice, I mean you're talking thirty eight hours before or 38 hours after uh, you know playing a game mm-hmm. and rest and recovery is hard to do when you got to go back out in the field so Uh, It's been a week where Jason Moss has tried to manage his players' bodies as best as possible. Uh, Today they uh, ran only 36 plays on day two, which usually is uh, usually 52 plays are ran. So, you know he's trying to you know taper it off as much as possible. And there's some injury concerns. Uh, There's two. Uh, The center Justin Sorensen on the O line didn't practice again, Mm -hmm. so it's possible we see Simeon Rotier. Uh, at that position, and uh, also long snapper Ryan King didn't practice, so we may see the newcomer Casey Chin uh, be thrust into uh, to, to that role. So, you know, and how how much did that loss on Saturday? How much is that in their heads? You know, is it is it something they can rally behind or rally around and and be a better football team, or is that something that's going to be one of those? You know, uh, detriments to their season. So, I think the first couple of drives on uh, Thursday are going to tell a lot of stories <laughs> yeah, about people are going to be the holding Eskimo their psyche. breath. Yeah,
0: well, and, and, that, and that's the interesting thing for me because it's a team that uh played so many close games, and 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 again, I mean, I, I know at the end of the day, this the score, I mean, you either win you either figure out a way to do it in that 60 minute set or you don't. So, yeah. this is the, I mean, it. Does it matter if it's forty-one-seven or nineteen-eighteen? Okay. Sure. Not, not really. If you get the W, but a team that has so often said, "Well, we we knew we were just going to win in the fourth quarter. We yep. knew we knew we'd figure it out. We knew we'd out execute. We knew we'd some. We knew somebody would make a play. I knew if it wasn't going to be me, somebody else would do it. Well, nobody made a play for the last twenty-six minutes on Saturday. No, like no, like seriously, nobody made a single play. No, I mean they—they they couldn't even. They barely got first downs. Yeah. I mean, they, Hamilton never punted. They got them to kick a field goal. That was the best they could do. So that—that's what you wonder. If—if if now, you know, they're—they're—they're they're, they're looking at the guy next to them and and thinking like, oh, is this on? Is this on me now? Are we going to be able to pull this out? We'll—we'll we'll see. I mean, I think they still have some. i am not saying their belief is shattered, but we'll—we'll we'll, we'll see if it's affected at all. I think the question a lot of people have is, Dave, are there any changes in the secondary?
2: No. Okay. None.
0: There you go, everybody.
2: Same five guys covering receivers as last week. Same four guys up front, same linebacking core. There's Dave- no changes to this defense. Uh, now, that could change tomorrow with the depth chart uh, when it comes out the depth the depth chart and roster, but there are no changes uh, right now. So they're going to have to ride with the group that they have. And as you heard my conversation off the top of the show with Court Parks, Who's one of the the veteran members of the secondary? You know, I said to him, really, you've only played six bad quarters. The problem is they've been really bad, They're disaster, like, yeah. Pretty much, I don't know, ninety percent of the scoring have happened in those six quarters. You know, as far as points allowed, so they've proven they can, you know, that they can be a a, a team that can get off the field. But it seems like when something happens against them that it's the old you know that like i said last night with mike Riley, that spool of yarn just all of a sudden you know that that yarn just comes right out and it's really hard to you know to wrap it back up again so uh but this team has to you know they have to rally i mean they have to come out thursday honestly angry you know and (laughs) and they might be sore and tired but you know they're going to get a longer break because their next game isn't until Saturday, next uh, next or a week from Saturday in Ottawa, so you know you're going to get some rest time. Come out, play angry, play with a purpose, and if it's one of those games where you scrap and claw to win, I think that's all that matters is win. You know, you love you love it. Come not a come from behind win, but you love a nice uh, win where they can kind like of like it on. looked like Saturday was going to it be. looked like yes, Saturday until... going to be, but uh, just win. Win whatever, however way you can. I think that's uh, that's what the Eskimos have to do. Dave, thanks for sticking around. Thank you.
0: That is Dave Campbell, our color analyst for Eskimos football here on 630 Jet, also the producer of this very show. Matt Kemp, a two-run homer in the top of the 12th. It's now bottom of the 12th that Roger Center, the Padres, leading the Blue Jays 6-4, one out, one on. See if the Blue Jays... Can pull even and extend the game. Inside Sports, presented by Action Furnace, home of the Fixed Right or its free guarantee. You can visit them online at ActionFurnace.ca. All right, uh, we're not quite done. Colin Miller from FC Edmonton up next. Big game tomorrow, a Wednesday nighter at Clark. We'll tee it up for you.
1: You're listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports
2: with Reed Wilkins.
3: All right.
0: So we got a big showdown tomorrow. Clark Field, FC Edmonton will host the uh, New York Cosmos, and uh, FC Edmonton's doing uh, doing pretty well. We're going to bring in their head coach, Colin Miller. Colin, welcome back to the show. How are you doing,
4: man? I'm doing fine, Reid. Thanks very much for having me back on the show.
0: Yeah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Before we uh, preview what's coming up for you guys, what do you think of the way Euro wrapped up with Portugal pulling it out there in exciting fashion?
4: Yeah, I don't know if anyone other than the Portuguese fans would have tipped Portugal to win the Euros, uh, but goodness me, they went on a a, a run that uh, enabled them to actually get stronger as the tournament progressed. and uh fair play to them they, uh, they they've done great because that, that tournament is not an easy tournament to win
0: do you how is it different coaching in a shorter tournament like that i, I mean uh, you you've you've done it obviously you've coached at a variety of different levels in a variety of different competitions do you, is it preferable for a coach or do you prefer to have a whole season to work on stuff
4: yeah, over the over the course of the season is probably easier to to do because you can prepare that much more for uh, for every team that you know you're going to play well in advance where uh, I would think in the tournament well certainly in the gold cup that i I was in charge of Canada, then you're only really in control of uh, the first three games so you can you can scout the opposition for the first three games. But then uh, after that, you're hoping that you've got a network of coaches that could work alongside you at that level of the game that could go and and scout some of the possibilities that you you could play Reid. So it would just be about your preparation at at that point. Uh, But the first three games of your tournament are pretty straightforward because obviously you know the opposition that you're going to be playing well in advance. So uh, if you can get out of that that, uh, section... Then you'd start to prepare, obviously, for the next uh, set of games that you'd have.
0: Did you think Portugal had a chance when Ronaldo went out? I mean, talking about a coach's nightmare, I mean, a well, nightmare for all Portuguese fans, but there, I assume there's no suitable substitute for a player of that caliber.
4: No, I wouldn't have thought so. I agree 100% that I thought that, although I didn't see the final because the Eddies were traveling uh, at that time, but I, I did hear that Ronaldo had got stretchered off, I believe, at one point. And I think as soon as that happened, I, I think what it does, uh, or what it did do to the, the Portuguese player, obviously, was it, it rallied them together and said, "Listen, let's not uh, let's not be a one-man team, but also let's do it for Ronaldo because he had been such a key element in their in their success to that point."
0: Colin Miller, head coach of FC Edmonton, joining us on Inside Sports. All right, now you guys, uh, you're doing well. You have only lost twice in your last ten matches. One of those on the weekend, you lost one-nil uh, on a road game against the Indy Eleven. And uh, interesting schedule for you guys this week. I, I don't. Th- I mean, I know you've played Ottawa on a Wednesday night. You generally don't play a lot of Wednesday games, do you?
4: No, we don't, and that's the. One of the neat things here about the fall season, Reid, is that uh, you know, it's a 22-game schedule in a fairly short period of time, so there there actually will be one or two more uh, road trips for us that will involve a Wednesday, so a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday uh, series of games. With this week, it was Saturday in, in India, as you mentioned, tomorrow night against the Cosmos, and then Sunday against uh, the Carolina Railhawks at home. So it's a busy spell of games for us, but uh, it's, uh, it's actually a critical couple of games for us because uh, the the home games are proven quite pivotal in this league if, if you can win your home games it's, it really gives you a chance to be in there at the end and, and I, I thought the players played very well on, on Saturday night for long spells against Indy and over the piece I, I thought we deserved again at least a draw but they're the spring season champions you know eight to ten thousand people they're getting out of their games so not an easy venue to get to, To uh, to, get to. and I must admit, uh, Reid, they had to stop the game twice, 22-23 uh, uh, minutes into each half to give the players a drink, uh, because uh, it was over 100 degrees, and in fact that at 11.30 at night it was still 29 degrees Celsius, so it'll show you just how warm it was for the players, and you're playing on, on field turf as well, which uh, absorbs the heat. and it's even warmer there, so I know how we were like uh, coaching on the sideline. I could just, uh, well, I've been there as a player myself, and I know it's not an easy venue to go to.
0: Man, it was still 29 at 11.30 at night, and so obviously very humid too, I assume.
4: Yes. Oh. Yeah, but it was It's the warmest that we've experienced this season. Uh, actually, by oh, a mile, geez. even when we went down to, to Tampa earlier on in the season, uh, it wasn't that warm, so we, we've we lucked out so far, but uh, that's certainly the warmest uh, it's felt. In a couple of weeks' time, we're down in Puerto Rico, so we expect it to be just as warm and just as humid down there at that time.
0: All right, so uh, you guys do the spring season and the fall season. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but if the playoffs started today, you guys would be in, right? Because you're in the top yes. four overall. Did I read that right?
4: Yes, that's right. We And if we win tomorrow, I think we can jump up a couple of places and then if we win the game in hand we could possibly go to the top of the league so it's all this and buts at the moment but uh, as usual I will take it one game at a time
0: right okay now tell me a little bit about your defensive play because uh you guys have been a pretty stingy team which is nice to see because i know last year at times we talked about uh you know allowing a couple early goals or or having bad spurts in matches where games uh got away from you so what's what's been the turnaround i think you've only allowed nine goals all year what's led to this stingy play this year so far
4: yeah, I think uh, consistency, uh, possibly Reid has been uh, has been a big part of it. Uh, we finally got a, a centre back beside uh, Albert Watson that has, has, you know, has really played well for us and made an impact uh, in both the uh, penalty areas. It has to be said, Big Pap has, has scored a couple of goals uh, as well for us, and we've managed to have some continuity, good experience at left full back, arguably the best left full back in the league, with Adam Eckersley. And ahead of them, Nick Ledgerwood has done a very good job in, in midfield for us, uh, And but the team from, from front to back, and I'm, I'm really, really big on, on everyone buying into the whole squad defending as a team, so it's not just left to, you know, a game of shooting in, as we call it in Scotland, on Matt Banoco, uh, who's also really had a, a stand-up season for us so far, Touchwood, uh, the big fella, has, has played a real pivotal part in the success so far this season. Uh, and long may it continue.
0: All right. So tomorrow at 7. Uh, sorry, which when's the game on the weekend?
4: The, it'll be a 2 o'clock kickoff at Clark uh, once again. And that's on Sunday. And the, the forecast, Mother Nature, is in a very good mood at the moment with the Eddies, which is fantastic. And here, ticket sales are going very well for both games. So fingers crossed we can get big crowds in on both days
0: fcedmonton.com. You guys are doing great. Colin, you're always very generous with your time. I appreciate your insight uh, into international soccer and, of course, everything going on with the Eddies. So, uh, yeah, I'll be following the game tomorrow during this show. I'll be updating the people who can't make it. Thanks a lot for coming on, man.
4: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Reed. All the best. Bye-bye.
0: That is Colin Miller checking in tonight, head coach of FC Edmonton. Seven wins, three draws, four losses on the season, playing a very good New York team. Nine wins, five losses, and one draw for them. So two of the top four teams in the North American Soccer League, 7 o'clock tomorrow at Clark. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet, it is 8.53. The Blue Jays with runners on second and third, with one out in the bottom of the 12th, and they trail 6-4. Devin Travis is at the plate, and he just fouls off a full-count pitch. So uh, we will hopefully have an update on how this inning ends, maybe the game ends, before the end of Inside Sports, which is going to happen in about three and a half minutes. All right. You know what I think people would like to hear again, Kellen? Tomorrow. Should we just play those races again? Yeah. Uh, the late Don Whitman we had Donovan Bailey on the show by the way where can people uh, get the Donovan Bailey interview
1: yeah go to 6 dot at the top of the page you want to click the inside sports uh, show page and you go to that and not only do we have all past shows including tonight and the night before and then last week and a month ago or whatever <laughs> but your articles you got the bullpen sports blog that you right, write for. I wrote a blog time. about Bailey yeah, already exactly and that article that you wrote about the Eskimos was amazing Oh, is that foul or is that? Foul. Foul. I think it uh, looked foul. Okay. Deep one by Travis that so would have won
0: the game. Goals. Foul. All right, so here, here's the here 100 meters. This time they do get away. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey
4: is putting on the third. Adam Golden in the lead. Here comes Bailey. He's got it. 9 eight, four, A world record for Donovan Bailey and a gold medal.
0: Gets me every time. And, of course, the relay as well, which uh, was a week later.
1: And they're off, and it's up to Robert Esme to run the bend and make the clean exchange to Glenroy Gilbert, and he came flying out of the box. He did blast off. There goes Gilbert down the back straight. Gilbert is in a battle with Tim Hart.
0: love it the bailey 100 meters 20 years ago tomorrow Mm -hmm. and uh 20 years minus a week the four by 100 relay devin travis draws a walk the padres are changing pitchers. one out in the bottom of the 12th and the blue jays trail 6-4 but a chance here to tie it up maybe win it alright this has been Inside Sports oh sorry Kellen did you want to say something yeah
1: I can't wait until next year because it'll be the 20th anniversary of that match race uh, Bailey oh, and geez. Michael Johnson yeah. we'll have to get them back we we'll to get Michael that.
0: Johnson maybe they can race around Brian Hall's office <laughs> it's, is, the circumference of Brian Hall's
1: office is more than 150 meters the, the greatest post race interview ever it in was. anything of all time
0: alright thanks to our guests tonight you heard from Colin Miller Dave Campbell Weston Dressler Ryan Batty and Matt Henderson were in studio Court Parks from the Eskimos, and of course, Donovan Bailey was on the show as well. Thank you to you, Kellen. Kellen was your studio operator this evening. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. I'll have Inside Sports from six to nine. Thank you so much for tuning in.